Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. You know, freedom isn't condemnation. Freedom isn't feeling bad about yourself. Feeling Freedom isn't, you know, dwelling on our regrets, but it's actually this experience of being unleashed from everything that was our old nature, that was our sin nature, that, and then we come into this realm and we become, because, you know, we are in Christ, we're free, right? You know, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So we're actually reset in Christ. So we come into his presence in the fullness of righteousness, just ourselves, because of Christ. So we're, we're experiencing the righteousness of Christ. Therefore, we can connect with the fullness of who God is in our lives. So we can actually resonate with the same frequency that heaven is resonating at. And that's why Jesus said, you know, that it's about experiencing on earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to be ambassadors of Christ to the world. And, I, and I, as I stepped out of the house this morning, I just had that, that, uh, that, that was it an axiom, uh, healed people, heal people? Healed people heal people. And I don't know where you are on your, your journey of uh, physical healing, emotional healing, but I, wanna, I, I was challenged today as I just thought about, you know, uh, in the Bible where it says they were known by their love for one another. You know, they, they weren't just known in the church. They were not, hey, Glenn, how's it going? Good to see you, man. They, they weren't just known in the church. They were, they were known outside of the church because of their love. They were known because something happened that pushed them and pulled them in and transformed them into a people that were completely different from what the, the demonstration of what normal was in that culture. They were suddenly known for radical love. They were suddenly known for doing things that they would have never done before. And I just got to thinking that healed people heal people. That loved people love people. And, and as a church, as we step up, as we step up into the fullness of our identity of who we are in Christ, we're actually stepping out of who we were and we're becoming more of an ambassador to what the kingdom of heaven looks like so that we're not just waiting for the church to, you know, run another program to do something, you know, to show that they're mission orientated. But that as the church, we adopt this mindset as ourselves that we are the church, that we are the ambassadors, that we are the light to the dark place. You know, come on, church. We're all in this together. And so, you know, I celebrate, I celebrate Liam. You know what? I keep pointing there because that's where he sits. Uh, you know, everyone's got their seat. You guys have got your seats. Everyone's feeling comfortable about where you, where you sit. I want to encourage you to f- come to the front if you ever want to. Like, it's, it's more anointed, clearly. No, no, I love you back rowers. You're amazing. It's also anointed on the back row. Pull up, Glenn. Uh, uh, on the left side and the right side, in the middle. <laughs> no one's left out. <laughs> Pastor Glenn. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I also, I just, I celebrate um, Joe and Jess today. You know, we're praying for these guys. Um, reflecting back to conversations with Joseph uh, doing um, 
camps on the west coast or maybe in Hamna, uh, pre-salvation, pre-encounter, lots of conversations, lots of, you know, wrestling out this faith and, and then, then seeing Joseph take a hold of his faith, of his identity in Christ and, and wrestling through that as we do. And, and, you know, we all take, sometimes we take two steps forward and then five steps back. And I'm not saying that was you, Joseph. That was me. You know, it's, this is this kind of like outworking of our faith. It, you know, it says outwork your salvation with fear and trembling. We actually don't just kind of like think once we come into, you know, the kingdom that we're all good, it's all peachy, it's all rosy. I'm going to have my prosperity gospel. I'm going to have my, you know, I'm, gonna ha- I'm just going to walk in to the person that I want to be. I'm going to live my best life now. It's all like, woo! Yeah! (laughs) It's actually a wrestle for transformation. It's a wrestle for your salvation to be outworked and expressed and experienced in your life. For, for, For that church to be known for their love for one another... I don't think, you know, we just, just like a sentence and we're like, oh, good for them. <laughs> you know, like they did it easy. You know, they would have had to have wrestled this, their humanity off and their brokenness out. And, you know, we all think we love people and we want to work with people until we start working with people. <laughs> And the issues that confront, you know, that we confront and the conflict that can arise and the way we express that often says more about this people than those people. <laughs> you know? I love this story in, um, well, I shouldn't say I love it. It's one of those funny stories in Second Kings 2. And Elijah's walking down a road and... Um, and a group of boys from the town, they start mocking him. And the Bible says that they said, go away, baldy. Go. And they chanted, go away, baldy. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're bald. I'm not saying that, you know, that to anyone here today. <laughs> I welcome baldies in this church. I myself may be one of them one day. <laughs> Every... Whether you have follicles or your follicles are absent. You know, like I'm saying this and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> I right, move on. Okay. <laughs> Go away, Baldy. And, and this is a man of God, right? This is like Elijah. This is like, he's a warrior. He's, he's like got the kingdom. He's the Mount Carmel guy. You know that guy? He called down fire on the offering and then all the false you know, prophets were there and they all died at the end and he was the victor. So he's like, he represents the kingdom and, and, and you'd think this guy would be like, love your enemies or you know, just at least just keep walking. Uh, and the Bible says that he turned around and he looked at them. He gave them evil eyes and, um, and he cursed them. And then... Two bears, this is the Bible, two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. That's how we get it done, people. You know? I just want to say that I'm a man of God. And if you hassle me. 
<laughs> Watch out. That's a joke. That's a joke. But it's funny how even the great men of God are triggered by insults, isn't it? Like we all get triggered. Uh, different things trigger us, and, and suddenly the person we want to be seems a lot further away, you know, <laughs> in that moment. Like, oh, that does not represent Jesus. That does not represent who I want to be. You know, in Luke 9, Jesus and his disciples, they are approaching a village, and, and basically the village people didn't, didn't welcome them, and, and James and John are there, known as the, thun, the sons of thunder. Not the sons of thunder. They are, the, they are the, the sons of thunder, right? And, and they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that escalated. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. And he rebuked the sons of thunder. The other thing about, that I found was really funny about the sons of thunder. I mean, they must have had a reputation of being pretty stormy. One of the ironies is, is that the sons of thunder had also asked their mummy if she could ask Jesus if they could sit on the right and left side of his throne. I just think that's a funny irony. I am a son of thunder. Mum, can you go ask Jesus if I can sit on his right and my brother on the left? I don't know. You know, they were, they were triggered though. They were like a couple... Of loaded guns, and I don't. Can you can you relate to this? You're like sometimes I'm just calm, and then some atmospheres, some environments, I'm feeling like, whoa, don't touch that. And and they were they were triggered, and it wasn't you know they were triggered for for justice as well, weren't they? They were like, you you know you shame me, you reject me, I rege I burn you, <laughs> you know like I kill you. I destroy you. And, and so we're kind of all contending with justice, aren't we? This justice issue, like, if, if you've hurt me, you know, the Old Testament says an eye for an eye. The problem with an eye for an eye is that ultimately the world's blinded. It's, I wasn't even trying to be funny then. That was a true... But in, in a sense, though, in our hearts as well, we get blinded when we just, we're after after revenge and after this expression of justice. But Jesus came and he wasn't there to lead that kind of expression of justice. <laughs> Jesus' mandate was to reveal the nature of the Father, the justice of the Father. He said, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then 1 John 1 7 gives us the invitation to walk as Jesus you know, walked, if, uh, to walk in the light as I'm in the light. So we have this, we have this call in to be like Jesus, to, to experience who Jesus is, but then also to reflect who Jesus is. And I, I'd, I'd be awesome if people could say, man, if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the mother, you know, whatever. If he's seen you, if people encounter your life, it's like encountering an aspect and a dimension of who God is. And I'm not saying that we, you know, come into some kind of deity form here. But I'm talking about 
having fullness in Christ. In, in Colossians, in Ephesians, it talks about having fullness in Christ. But if we're easily triggered and we're... Like the other day, I handled something at home really just, you know... Sometimes my buttons get pushed as a parent. Is it, can any parents relate to that? I'll just, moment of confession. I'm like, calm, 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 still pretty calm. And then all of a sudden, I'm not calm. I'm loud and not calm. And, and I was going to say, and Jesus called me out, but actually, and Debbie called me out on this the other day. <laughs> Go Debbie. <laughs> and, and she said this thing, and I knew that it was true. I knew that I'd, you know, I knew that it wasn't awesome. And she said to me, I think you respond like that because when you were bullied as a young teenager, you felt powerless and therefore you just get angry and you go into fight mode. I was like, dang you. <laughs> so true. So true. I've had prayer for that before. <laughs> like, you know, like there's something there though. You know, there's because hurt people hurt people, <laughs> but heal people, heal people. And we're just spending a couple of weeks. You know, this is the second week on um, on mending your nets, and and this comes from once again the sons of thunder. Yeah, the sons of thunder. Yeah, James and John. They were doing what fishermen do, you know, when Jesus met them and they were mending their nets so that their, the capacity of the net would also hold the reach of their net, you know? I just got thinking about that, how, how actually we can have a wide reach with our lives, like a net can be big, but if it's got holes in it, man, there's not the capacity. And so these guys were mending their nets when Jesus called them into uh, following him. And, and I, we're spending a couple of weeks just looking at our capacity, looking and going, God, what needs to be fixed? What issues? What just you, you have permission to come into my heart, to come into my history, to come into my mind and actually bring healing. You know, like we're, we're saying as well, like let, let stuff come to the surface that needs to come to the surface. Let it come to the light. Let it come... To the light. I love Romans 12, verse 2, and it says this Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That's awesome, eh? That you could prove what the will of God is through the transformation of your mind, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. There's a lot in that right there, isn't there? Like, man, like you're saying that I could have a transformed mind and then show the kingdom of heaven through my life. I can prove him. I can prove God because of the transformation of my life, because I'm aligning with the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, I'm releasing the kingdom of heaven out of my life. So this, this, um, this transformation, it's, another, it's the word, a root word for metamorphosis, and it's, and it's an invitation for us, I think, to really shift into a greater truth consciousness. 
into a greater awareness of what is in and what is out. Because there just are some things that are in and out in the kingdom. Some things belong, some things are rejected. Like pride is not about, let's get real, like pride, greed, anger, you know, sin, lust. That's actually not a part of the manifestation of the kingdom. And so the more that we turn our back on that and the more that we, uh, that, that we metamorphosize out of that into the kingdom of light, the greater the expression and the experience of the kingdom will be in our lives. So I reckon it's time for us to just shift, eh? I want a greater shift around my life. Those who are holy will see the Lord. I think that's in Hebrews. Like, so without holiness, we have a diminished view of God. But with holiness, we see the Lord. We see his plan. We see his purpose. We see his heart. We, you know? Because that's in. Holiness is in. So that I, I, had, I shared uh, a dream I had um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was going to share both of them, but I ran out of time. So I'm going to just tell you about the second dream I had uh, that same week and I walked uh, I was in a hospital and um, and there was a patient laid out on a bed uh, they were still they weren't dead they had a sheet around around their shoulders and um, they were just like I, I thought they were dead at first I was like they're so they're not well and then I walked up to them and there was someone in my dream, a guide with me, and, and they pulled back the sheet that was over their arm, just the top of their arm. And this is, this is just a dream, you know. And, and, but I think God was saying something to me, you can like test this or whatever, but this felt very real for me. And so they pulled back the sheet over, over the arm. And then when I looked at the top of their arm, what happened was that these kind of hidden tattoos came up, it sounds random, and, and surfaced on their skin. And it kind of looked like, you know, like a World War I or World War II fighter ace would have the markings of the enemy kills on their, on their, under the cockpit and it would show. So what came up was uh, every sickness and disease that was in this person's body. Like, dum, 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 dum. And then... What manifested underneath, under, underneath each one of those symbols was an offense, wow. a sin, wow. an issue of brokenness, unforgiveness, wow. and, and what I saw in the dream was the connection between the unhealed aspects of our life and the manifestations of sickness, whether that's mental, emotional, or physical. And that was the end of the dream. And so I, I really, and I had another, you know, another profound dream where I was taken down by a crocodile very, very quickly in a dream. And, 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 uh, and then as I was going under the water, I looked up and Jesus was wading through the water. The water was just up to his ankles. He reached in, he, he, grabbed the crocodile, he snapped it in half, threw it over his shoulder, laughed, set me back where I needed to be, and that was my dream. And I sh- uh, that was really cool. But that happened in, within the space of a week, and it really spoke to me about whatever's under the surface Jesus wants to deal with. He wants to snap in half, 
throw away and because he sent me back to what I was doing before. And he doesn't want us to stay trapped in the issues of our heart. And I know that we could talk about, you know, oh, you shouldn't be too navel-gazing because blah, 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 blah. But at times, we need to be reflective. We need to give invitation for healing so that we can go with greater clarity and go with greater healing. And so I believe that this is actually, I'm going to just come out and just go, look, this is a prophetic word for our church at the moment. Like God's doing something here in your life. He wants... He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to have a hidden life and then a public life, you know? (laughs) Oh, yay. No, he wants it all to be like whatever it is at the same time. Not, you know, not publicly all the time. But, you know, like, it's like, let's be real. Let's, let's not get all religious and Christian-y and like, you know, get Christian-y, <laughs> that's good. But don't get religious Christian-y. Let's get real Christian-y. Let's, let's pursue, you know, let's pursue everything, every dimension that is unresolved in your heart, unresolved in your body. Let's be a church that pursues the fullness of the revelation of Christ Meeting that brokenness. Like, let's do that. Let's do that together. Let's pray for each other. Let's, let's not just do shoulder to shoulder on Sundays. Let's do heart to heart. Let's do life groups. Let's do, you know, let's respond on the altar. Let's be willing. Let's be ready. Let's not just tick boxes and turn it into another week. And another week, and another week, and I'm still the same, and I've never changed. (laughs) I'm so cheeky, sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Repentance, you know, is metanoia, which is really close to metamorphosis as well. But, you know, as well as surrendering everything to God, you know, there's, there's a part of re- repentance is going, God, I'm not my way, your way. But the other part of it is, is a new alignment, metanoia. It's a change of mind. It's a part of repentance. So it's not just like, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go and be who I was. It's, I'm sorry, and I'm going to choose to do everything I can to change my mind about the way I've been thinking about myself. You know, counselling language talks about face it, trace it, and replace it. Face it. What's the issue? Trace it. Where did it come from? Replace it. What does God say? What does truth say? Who do I need to stand with me? (laughs) I've been so isolated, you know. Because that's part of family. That's part of the true reality. It's not being isolated. It's being connected to family. Oh man, it's it's probably time, isn't it? Mm, just got a really good scripture here, but it sort of opens up another part of my message. So, 
I want to, okay, because it is kind of like just this Sunday. Uh, Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many may be defiled, that there uh, be no sexual immor- immor- immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place in repentance, though he sought it with tears. It's pretty intense. But, you know, Esau, there's, there's parts of Esau's life that were, you know, there were happy endings in parts of his life. But there were parts of his life that were never resolved. Like, he lost his birthright. He was the firstborn. But he was deceived, and he relinquished it. He was actually, he was more than deceived because he was just apathetic, actually. He was just apathetic about his birthright. Oh, there's a word for our nation. (laughs) Maybe a word for the church. Let's not be apathetic about our birthright in Christ. Like, let's make sure that Jesus gets his full reward through the expression of who we are. But it was, you know, it talked about this root of bitterness here. And it was the unresolved bitterness in Esau's soul that defiled him and then disqualified him. And I just, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that's just like, let's go there, God. Let's go there. I don't know what I don't know. But you know what I don't know. I don't know what I need half the time, but you know what I need. You know, if, if you're not experiencing freedom, if you're not experiencing freedom, if you're not experiencing joy, if you're not experiencing hope around your future, if your experience is loneliness, rejection, isolation, uncertainty, and confusion, I don't think that's the kingdom of heaven. So let's go there. Let's say, God, I want to be willing... To, for you to shine your light on the issues of my heart. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. You know, I want, to, I, want to, I want to take the gospel of love to the nations, but I don't want to be triggered by people all the time. You know, I, I love people, but I hate them. <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm not saying that's me, but I'm saying that conflict, that inner conflict. You know, the gospel is the gospel of love and freedom. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.